Valley of Grace podcast, helping women reclaim their power and identity so they will know they are enough. And today uh, I'm going to bless you with an interview between me and self-love and confidence coach Ana Barajas. We're going to talk about abuse, identity, self-love, confidence, toxic relationships, and healing. So it's really going to be a treat. I know you guys are going to be able to glean from this interview. And before we get into the interview, I do not want to forget (laughs) to thank Timothy Horton for bringing our intro and outro music every single week. And so without further ado, here is the interview between me and Ana Barajas. Be blessed. to be here. Such a pleasure to be here and to speak to your audience. So thank you for having me. You are very, very, very welcome. And so like I said, you could just start right into your story. Okay, yeah, perfect. So my story is really, really interesting, I think. I I don't think it's um, unique in my experience. I think a lot of women have experienced the same things. Okay. Um, but I will say this, I, I think that the thing that got me through, I'll, I'll explain to what mm-hmm. it is, I'll get into detail in a second, but okay. I, I do believe that what got me through all of that trauma is my, that I clung on to Jesus so hard, so wow. much. And I believed that no matter what, he was going to to get me out of anything and everything. And because I believed that so deeply, right. it actually did happen, right? <laughs> right. So you had him there uh, as that anchor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, when I was about three, mm, no, let's say about, I think it was five or six years old. Okay. My mom, my mom entered into a new, well, I'm originally, I was originally born in Mexico And then my mom brought us here to the U.S. when we were three years old, when I was three years old. You were about three. Okay. Three. And then she met a man here who obviously was not my father. Uh, To that, my father was a very dedicated man, a very, very amazing, loving father. From what I remember, he was always present, um, Mm -hmm. very kind, very masculine but he had that soft masculinity you know like that soft oh yeah masculine but kind of like a teddy bear type 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so that's I remember my father and I remember he would take us to valleys where trains would come by and he would wait for us. He would wait with us, uh, with my, my sister and I, for the train to come by. And then he mm-hmm. would take us to collect chocolates that we loved. But so I had a really beautiful initial childhood, right, with my dad. And then once my mom brought us to the U.S., she met a man here and he was a very abusive, very violent man. Uh, he began to sexually abuse me and my sister when I was about five or six years old. Oh, and I'm sorry lasted, to hear that. Thank you. So that lasted about eight years. And okay. it, so it was essentially, it wasn't just sexual abuse. It was rape mm-hmm. also. That continued for about eight years. Mm-hmm. And that caused, you know, chronic trauma, chronic uh, I, I was diagnosed with PTSD. Okay. And, um, you know, that just caused a lot of issues within me, right? A lot of self-hatred, a lot of panic attacks, misbehavior, growing up into into teenage years, a lot of rebellion. Mm-hmm. Okay. I always felt like I was, uh, you know, uh, an orphan. I never believed that I belonged to anyone. I believe and that, that was, was due to the abuse yes. and the rape. Okay. Now I've yeah. got a quick question before you uh, keep going with the story. So you were in Mexico and then your parents' relationship dissolved and then your mom and you and your sister moved to, you, to the U.S. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. yes. So it was, it was me, my mom, and two sisters. My older two sister. sisters. Gotcha. Yeah, my older sister's 13 years older than I than I am. So she would okay. help take care of us. Um, but by the time my mom entered the new relationship, my older sister was already married. She was gone. Um, and so, yeah, so that started. Uh, then later on, um, yeah, so I just developed a lot of self-hatred. And I think that self-hatred really touches on every part of our life right if you don't love yourself if you don't love yourself as a woman you're always seeking to get that love from somewhere else and especially from men right yes yes and if you're a woman who has been battered abused raped mistreated by a man in your early childhood years then of course you're going to seek that even more from that is so true Yes, you're absolutely right. There's something uh, inside of you when you uh, either have been abused or witnessed abuse that makes you, like you said, it it sets up a seed inside of you to want to seek that from me. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're not getting at home. Yeah, that that type of abuse or even uh, neglect along with that. Yeah. Can plant that seed for some reason. Yeah. 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 So I I just call that, you know, your needs not being met, right. Yes. As a child, if your needs are not met, uh, whatever need as a child was not met for you, then as an adult woman, you're always seeking to meet that need with whatever possible, right? Because it's it's a need that since it wasn't met as a child, it's always going to be a void that you have as an adult. That is if so you, true. If you're, yeah, if you're not self-aware about that, and if 
because you're not self-aware, you don't know how to meet that need mm-hmm. in, a, in a healthy way. Right. So then you're constantly then seeking to meet that need through, it could be drugs, men, addictions, whatever it is that, that helps you feel good, right? Right. And that becomes our coping mechanism. Exactly. Yes. And so for me, the needs that were not met for me were protection, love, acceptance, safety, um, the, the need to be taught, right? The need mm-hmm. for adventure. Right. All, of those, all, those, all of those were needs that were not met as a child. And, okay. so we, and so as an adult, as a teenager, as a young adult, I was seeking to meet those needs with, you know, boys or drugs or, you know, um, I was very insecure. I developed a lot of, uh, a lot of insecurities. I just, I really just liked and hated the way that I looked, the way that I sounded. Wow. I was always really got in, in your mind and distorted all of that from what it is that God says about you. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, you know, I was always known to be in my home and in, in my family, I was always known to, I was labeled the smart one, right? Okay, right. The smart one. <laughs> okay. We all get, end up with these uh, labels, like you said, from our families, you know, you get the smart one and then, you um, know, you get the other one that might be really the, uh, one the charismatic like, one. Yes, the charismatic <laughs> one, right. And one who knows how to throw a party. Everybody kind of gets their own little uh, label, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I was labeled the smart one. And so that carried into school and mm-hmm. I was labeled the smart one in school too. So in my okay. mind, I always thought I was an imposter because deep down inside, I felt like, no, I'm not smart. I'm actually stupid. Ah, and okay. So because the man that abused me, he would tell me that I was ugly, mm. stupid and that nobody loved me. And so yep. because that, that was for eight years, he said that to me. So, wow. So I grew up believing that lie, right? Right. You had internalized it at that point. Yes, exactly. Okay. But uh, so because I internalized that so deeply, it just really affected every area of my life. It affected my relationships with my friendships. Mm -hmm. I couldn't accept, even as a child, I remember being in elementary school, having a best friend and right she was so loving to me and so accepting to me and, okay. and she was the popular girl in, in the classroom and everybody okay. wanted to be friend. Right. but she loved me and I but had she loved love. you for who you were right and and yet I still didn't really fully accept her and love her and gotcha. I couldn't really truly um, accept her love and receive her love and the reason for that was because I was self-hating Right. So much self-hatred and so much self-rejection mm-hmm. that I would project it on her and I would reject her and her love. Right. Yep, that and makes so sense. That, and so that carried over into, you know, my teenage years, early adulthood years. And that's what my relationships with women would look like, even though gotcha. women women would love me, women would would, would follow me, women would want to be my friend. I mm-hmm. would I would do that. I would, I would internalize the things that I had internalized about myself. I would then project them onto them and reject them, even though they truly loved me and they truly wanted to be my friends. Right. Um, 
And I did that in relationships with men as well. Men that truly loved me and really mm-hmm. wanted to be with me. I did the same thing to them. I, I just didn't know how to receive that love. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That's something because of, like you said, um, someone violating you so mm-hmm. young and then them constantly playing that tape recorder in your ear telling you uh, that nobody was going to love you, which was not true because God already loved you when he created you, but he had that, he planted that seed in your mind and you constantly playing that tape recorder had internalized it, you know, kind of like, I'm not lovable. I'm not good enough. That type of thing. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And so, like you said, when we are self-hating, we can't receive love and we can't give it out. And when we give it out, we're mirroring whatever it is that we're feeling ourselves. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and so self-hatred too is a very, it's very disguised, you know. Mm-hmm. Most people are not aware that they have self-hatred. Right. And, and we don't even like to even look at that because it's so... Um, painful to even admit that to ourselves. Right. That we have self-hatred. It's just so painful mm-hmm. that we don't even want to look at it. And so we have this blind fold on to completely ignore the self-hatred. Which is oh yeah, I can believe it. And then too, it's like um I can see a point of like once you have that come to Jesus moment about it and you have to do something about it, then that's when the uh, the shame will come in. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? That you mm-hmm. even have this problem to begin with. Yes, yes. And so that's part of my story too. So when I, I came to Jesus when I was 21. Wow. Praise I, the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say. Praise the Lord that I was young, so, so young. So I still mm-hmm. had some years to correct my life right right because up up until that point I had you know been friends with 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 women with girls and guys Mm -hmm. who had gangs and in and out of prison and um you know doing drugs and just I was I was a mom by then too I was a teen mom I had a son when I was 16 I think yes 15 or 16 and so I had already thought that I had messed up my life, right? With all gotcha. that. Gotcha. You had already had that figured out. Okay. That your life yes. was over. Okay. Right, right. Right. And so by the, the time I was 21, I was so ready for change. I was so ready for transformation. I wanted, I had this vision of the type of woman that I wanted to be, which was a confident, strong, yet feminine woman who had faith in Christ, right? Amen, yes. Who was a good mother, a loving uh, wife at the Mm -hmm. time I was single. Um, I actually had been in a relationship when I was 18 years old with a a guy who was, um, uh, he wasn't abusive towards me in the sense that he was, violent or anything like that but he was a cheater and so that's abuse too right cheating is abuse right um and so he he cheated on me and he told me that he had cheated on me and he wanted forgiveness Mm. but by that time I, I didn't want to forgive him and so I at the time didn't believe in God at all. Okay. I was like, 
was a complete, um, not atheist, but just uh, agnostic. I was very confused about God's existence. Um, and this and, is when you were 18? Yes, I was 18. Okay. But because wow. this man, this guy, the boyfriend that I had, had asked me to marry him after he right. told me that he cheated on me. I was so confused because, you know, I'm in love with this guy, right? The exactly. Guy. <laughs> right. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, what do I do? Do I marry him or do I not marry him? And so for the first time in my life, I prayed with so much faith, not knowing if God was going to respond or not. And I right. just, just said, you know. God, if you are real, just tell me what to do. Just whatever you tell me to do, that's what I will do because I don't Amen. know what to do. Because you don't know what to do. Amen. Amen. Remind me of the verse Bible where it says, oh, Lord, you know, when King Jehoshaphat prayed, we don't know what to do, Lord, but our eyes are upon thee, you know? Yes, yes. And then he, two weeks later, I remember I was working at McDonald's, uh, sweeping the floors, and I, this, the spirit of God, I know now it was the spirit of God, but at the mm -hmm. time, I didn't know what it was. And it was the spirit of God who just, it was like that small, still whisper that he does, you know, like the spirit right. talking to your spirit. Oh, yes. I know and, exactly what you mean. Yeah. And he just said, he said, don't go with this guy. Don't marry him. He's like, I have for you a life that you cannot imagine. And I have wow. for you a husband that you cannot imagine. Oh, and my word. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Talk about God thing. Yes. Let's talk about the Lord. And so that was my journey with the, my, the beginning of my journey with the Lord, because I believe that message because it came strictly. And that was right when you were 21, you say, right? I, I was 18 at the time. Okay. 18 when you got 18. that message. Okay. Yes. Then 21, when you ended up giving your life to the Lord. Yes, I ended up wow. giving my life to the Lord because from 18 okay. to 21, since he gave me that message up until 21, he had been pursuing right. me and pursuing oh, me, but I wow. kept running away, running away. And then finally, mm -hmm. I re but from the time I was 18 to 21, I decided and on, I decided to become sexually abstinent because I believed okay. the message that he gave me. And somehow I kind of intrinsically, spiritually, I knew that it that sexual your sexuality is related to to relationships. Like I at that time at 18, I kind of understood that in a way. You did, you had that figured out, gotcha. Yeah. And yeah, so and I, that was a blessing because you know, even at uh what did I say, 18 years old, we still have so much learning and growing to do. But it was good that you were able to come make that connection, like, no, this is actually hindering me, you know. Yes, mm -hmm. I, I think that that was really all just the power of God, to be honest. Amen. Because at 18, like you said, you don't have that development to understand. Right. You don't. Yeah. You don't. Nope. You just, yeah. whatever you use for, um, whatever we have used for our coping mechanism slash dysfunctional pattern of behavior, we just do it. And like you said, it's without any thought to it. So that literally had to be the power of the Holy Spirit telling you like, you know, like <laughs> we're going to close the door on that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And especially coming from an environment where being sexually active was such mm -hmm. the norm. That's just what it you was did. the norm. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm so then at 21. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. 
And so then at 21, I went to church uh, with, with my mom, my cousin, and I remember just going to the altar right. and believe the pastor's wife prayed for me. And I just mm-hmm. like fell to my knees crying, wow. sobbing. Oh, yes. Really feeling that, 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 like I was for the first time, I really truly felt a hole in my being that needed to be filled that only God could fill. Oh, at that moment, the Lord showed you like, this is, this needs to be filled. Like when you accepted him, you know, uh, as your personal savior. Exactly. Yeah. But that was the first time I've ever ever like I, I was attuned to the fact that I had a huge void wow. that could only be filled with God. And that is really something too. That was also, <laughs> as we talked about the Holy Spirit moment, because when we have those huge voids in life, when you notice, you look at it with women, you're just thinking, okay, the first thought is I got to get a man. You know what I mean? So feel yeah. that boy. And then the next thought did you know, and um, maybe along with that or even before and after enduring, going from man to man, oh, it's got to be um, in the way I, I look, you know, so I got to focus on piling on makeup. I got to focus on my hair. I got to focus on buying 50 purses, you know, my clothes or whatever. This will do it. This is going to fill me up. And yeah. at the time that we're doing it, we don't realize that and what women don't realize is that mm-hmm. men don't really care about those things. You know, yeah, some of them don't. Some of them do, some of them don't. But it's mm-hmm. like we don't even realize what we're doing is actually increasing that hole that's inside. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? By doing everything but filling it up with God. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so in that moment, I, I just completely laid down my entire heart to, to the Lord Wow. And I remember telling him, okay, I give up. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Yes. Take over, take over. And I remember just begging him, begging him to, to take over, to take, mm. because I didn't know what to do with my life. I had no wow. clue. I had no clue what I was doing. And uh, from there on, he just took me from this, this journey of getting to know him. I really had this huge desire of learning him. Right. Learning his character, learning his. Oh, for his, sure. His word, I spent mm-hmm. a whole year, a whole year, I cut off all of my friendships, Turkey, like whole Turkey. So you all started like that whole, the whole friend thing, you just started over, like, like, boom, oh, boom, yeah. boom down, like a domino thing. <laughs> yes, I, I even cut off my own family, even though I was mm-hmm. living at home with my mom and sisters, okay. I even cut them off from, I would come home from work at 6 p.m., and from 6 p.m. to 10, 10, 11 p.m., I would right. lock myself in my room and mm-hmm. I would read my Bible. Mm. And I would attend to my son here and there as he needed uh, right. my attention. Right. But I, I would focus my time on just reading my Bible. And I did that for one whole year. And you and took care has, of yourself, right? Of, of course, yeah. yeah. I took care mm-hmm. of myself. I took By care of my son. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of times what happens is that we tend to... Um, you know, we will accept Christ, do all of those type of things. And then we, we don't see the need to like go through the relationships and see what needs to be done. We'll keep, you know, having the, the same people in our lives and don't realize that they are not helping us. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like if you got a, a drug addiction or alcohol or whatever type of addiction it is, 
a person, people addiction, um, we have to start like remove releasing that slowly but surely in order to be. And that's what you were doing. Yeah, you were yeah, so but for focused. Me, mm -hmm. But for me, it was like right away. I didn't do it gradually. It was like gotcha. as soon as I realized God's the only one that can fill me, I called everybody up. You cut it I off. Changed, yep. I changed my phone number. Mm -hmm. I called a couple people here and there that he put on my heart to call and right. apologize. Right. for things that we had done. I did mm -hmm. that oh, because wow. I needed my heart to be clean, right? Moving forward. You did, right, right. You wanted a fresh slate, huh? Yeah. Completely, 100%. I understood that that's what it took. And so I did that. And mm -hmm. like I said, even my own family was at the, at the time toxic to my soul. So even though I lived with them, I didn't talk to them. And mm -hmm. um, I completely focused myself on just getting to know scripture and getting to know the Holy Spirit and listening and learning how the Holy Spirit would operate within me and how he was communicating to me. Okay. Wow. I did that for a whole year. I also, I, I, I obviously isolated for a whole year, mm -hmm. which, you know, my, some people might say that's depression, but it wasn't, it was just the cleansing of, of my soul in the beginning. Later on, the Lord gave me a desire to have friendships again and to want to mm -hmm. be social. And he started giving me um, friendships that were Christian, right? Christian women, Christian right. mentors later on down the line. He, mm -hmm took me to Moody Bible Institute as a student there. Wow. And so he gave me jobs where they were believers there and mm -hmm. he to, you know, become a congregant at a different, at, at churches. Right. And so, yeah. So he took me through a journey of just building me up. Yes. Yes. But I know exactly what you mean, because like you said, even though uh, isolation can be one of the signs of depression, there are also times when, God has a calling on our life. And in order for that calling to take place, we have to isolate and pull ourselves back from everybody else. Mm -hmm. And we got to be able to prepare ourselves, you know, our heart, mind, and soul, and to be able to go through whatever we have to go through. And like you said, a year is a good time to be able to do that, to really yeah. uh, get ourselves together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. had internalized so much for eight years, you know, somebody saying, the same thing to you over and over again. You know what I'm saying? Changing your uh, entire belief system. Oh, my belief system changed 180 in 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 a split of a second, and in that Praise one year, God. God got reconstructed a new a new identity. Mm -hmm. he, and that was did. good. Like at 21, you know, because uh, it could have been you know going on longer and longer. You know, a lot of us women, it's for years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that when you submit completely, you surrender everything and you submit all of your being to God, that can mm -hmm. happen. Right? It doesn't take years. Yeah. It, it, it don't happens. have to take years. That's true. Yeah. It can take one day. It can mm -hmm. take one year only. If you truly submit yourself to the Lord and you give everything up for him. Yes. Yes. He does it right then and there. Yeah. It's yep. Yep. He can be, you know, like you said, wham. And then there might be others of us where it take longer. And finally, we just like, no, you know, it's like all of a sudden you get that, that uh, come to Jesus moment where you're like, no, I don't have to live like this anymore. <laughs> I don't have to be in relationships with men who are not going to see uh, that I'm a daughter of the king. I don't mm -hmm. have to be in friendships that treat me otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Please. You know, and you start to realize that, that's not what the kind of life that you have to live. 
that you got the choice and power within you to change mm -hmm. and to live yes. different. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. From an authentic place, uh, from how uh, God created us. Yes, mm -hmm. I believe that 100%. I believe that that the Lord gave us autonomy and a resilient being that we can yes. overcome anything. Mm -hmm. And because we do have the freedom of choice and, and autonomy, we can choose to end anything at any time and restart over at any time. We sure can, can't we? You know, yeah. and a lot of time, I think for a lot of our relationships, they end up going wrong because we're trying to make other people like us or either other people are trying to make us like them. And mm -hmm. when we let, when we allow people to be who they are, then we can do better that way. Even if they're not mm, yeah. who we would prefer them, that means that we, in seeing who they are, we need to pull ourselves out of it. We still need to allow people that grace because God does mm. not force us to choose him. You know what I'm saying? He gives us a gift of free will. Yes, exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he gives us that gift. Yeah, he gives us that gift. Yeah. <laughs> so I think a lot of times that's where we go wrong in relationships trying to force something to work out and we're trying to change another person and we're going against that free will and they're pushing back because they're like no I want to be me <laughs> and yeah. even if it's not working out for us that means that's when we need to know like okay them being them is <laughs> not working for me <laughs> so I need to pull out of it you know yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of yeah, a lot of the times when we stay stuck in those types of relationships is be is because we don't have emotional intelligence. Yeah, we ignore the Holy Spirit, don't we? And, and we have a lot of self hatred. Yes, those three, right? Yeah, yep. That is so true. The Holy Spirit is study saying like, bump, bump, bump. You see in the red flags, but you're so caught up in the love. You're so caught up in trying to get that man or you know if it's romantic and if it's not if it's friendship or whatever ministry partner co-worker church mm -hmm. member to see you like god sees you you're so caught up in having that fulfilled by them instead of getting it from god so we <laughs> often that's when we ignore you know we we long for uh long for something to be different and so we stay in it you know what i'm saying different than what is why do you think that women stay in toxic relationships for so long? And then the other part is, why do you think Christian women stay in relationships so long? So it's like an A and B too. <laughs> yes. So I think that, I don't think that there's a difference between Christian women and secular women or women from okay. other faiths. Gotcha. I think that, mm -hmm. that, mm, we're all human, right? And just because we, we have one yes. faith and another faith, it doesn't make us, it doesn't change our humanness or, our, no, or, the, nature, or mm -hmm. the nature of our human humanness. It doesn't change. Yes. Um, the only difference between Christian women and non-Christian women is that we have the power of the Holy Spirit to Amen. get attuned to him and be led by him, right? Right, right. So, but, so the so that means that the Christian woman who's not successful in relationships is that she's ignoring the, the leading of the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. right? right. But, but altogether, the reason why women in general stay in relationships that are abusive is because we're full of self-hatred. 
we, we have so much self-hatred and so much low self-esteem mm-hmm. that we need a man or, a, or another person, whoever the relationship is, we need them to validate us enough for us to feel good enough to feel love, right. to feel that we matter, to, for our right. worth and value to go up. Yes. And, and so it's all based on self-hatred. That's one. Uh, two, because uh, most women that stay in abusive relationships come from homes that have been abused or where there has been abuse. Isn't and that so, the truth? And so it's hard for women who have grown in abusive homes to be able to tell the difference between a man who is abusive and a man who is actually emotionally healthy. True. Um, they, even if, even if a man who is a healthy man stands in front of you, you will not be able to recognize him because your mind is so fixated on the man who is abusive. Right. Yep. That is so true. You have learned, you have learned an incorrect form of love. You equate love with uh, abuse. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And then the third, the third reason why I would say is because you don't actually believe that there are good men out there Mm -hmm. and you don't actually believe that you are worthy of those men, even if they did existed. That is true. Yep. That is so true. (laughs) Yep. Yep. I'm 100% there with you. (laughs) Yep. So like you said, if if you're not thinking you're worthy, if you got all that self-hate, and you're not thinking that you're worthy of a good man, or like you said, that there's no more good man out there, you know. And even though it might be quite a few out there that's toxic, there are still some good men out there, and it might take you a while. And that's if if it's God's will, because sometimes it's not even God's will for uh, every woman to be in a relationship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, even when we look at Paul in the Bible, and he said, "I wish that everybody." could be like I am, you know, but he realized everybody, everybody's not meant to be single and everybody is not meant to be uh, married. Married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so those are oh, the three major word. reasons. Yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. That was some good stuff. So how do you think, um, what is your definition of a toxic relationship And then how do you think that a person uh, would be able to build a life that, how would I say, it represents resilience and flourishing when they come out of? Mm, Yeah. So the way that I identify toxic or abusive relationships is that if the the person is not um, respecting your boundaries, your boundaries are often being broken, overlooked. Uh, that goes hand in hand with uh, people or the, the person um, overlooking or ignoring or neglecting your needs, your own yes. personal needs. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Um, if there's any type of disrespect, disrespect mm-hmm. alone should be, that's a huge red flag, right? Right. It is. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> And then I would also say, um, if you just even doubt trusting this person, that should also be a red flag. Why are you doubting the person? Why don't you trust the person? Mm -hmm. It's because you've seen red flags here and there that make your light bulb switch go off. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we've gotten what condition to ignore. Right. So Mm -hmm. overall, I would just say abusive relationships have a lot to do with character. 
Okay. And, and why don't we trust in that person's character? Why, why, why are red flags going off? Gotcha. Uh, because, when it, because when it's a healthy relationship, you don't, your spirit doesn't get unsettled that way. No, I Just agree. Like, yes, I agree 100%. You, you don't feel that like something is not quite right and it just keep bothering you, keep bothering you until you look into it. You don't get that from a healthy relationship. No. You know what no. I mean? Yeah. yeah. You don't you get that. Peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From a healthy relationship, you have peace. So yeah. So a lot of people would say that abusive relationships have to do with physical abuse or screaming and yelling. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You are so right. Mm-hmm. Yep. It don't have to be any screaming or yelling involved. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, a lot of times it can be those subtle things. Yeah. You know, yeah. some people are like really overt, but then other situations, it's a covert where it's real subtle. Mm-hmm. And if you weren't paying attention, you would miss it. But the mm-hmm. way that you know that it was abusive is because of how your body and soul reacts to those little bitty things that keep happening every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, yeah. And with along with that, just to add to what you just said, I would pay mm-hmm. attention to micro expressions and my, and um, just um, yeah. Like what, what reactions, what micro expressions do people uh, act, act with? And then how do your micro expressions react to theirs? Meaning, right the little subtle things that we do and say um, that your spirit picks up on. Right. right? That's exactly what I'm talking about where, you know, and like you said, it could be romantic. It could Mm -hmm. be friendship, coworker, ministry partner, family, anybody. All of a sudden, you know, the person will say it and you're standing there and you kind of feel your body go a certain way, you know, or you get off the phone and you're just like, Something didn't feel right about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, so, and then you start to push, well, oh, maybe it was okay. But then it comes back up because whatever we don't deal with is always mm-hmm. going to come back up. Yeah. And it gets bigger and bigger. It just keeps getting, the emotions keep intensifying. Yeah. For some reason, we figure just ignore it, suppress it. It's going to go away. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to do that temporarily. But when it comes back up each time, it's going to keep gaining momentum and gaining intensity until Mm -hmm. we look at the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And stop sweeping it up under the rug. And like you said, we ignore the Holy Spirit when we Christians, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. intuition where it's like, no, that was not right. What that person said, then you just keep on having those little subtle things where, like you said, those little micro, you know, yeah, and you're like, yeah, because it, it's easy for somebody to do that and just slide under the radar. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you stop and think about it, you realize after a while, all of those little many things have done damage to your soul. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a little bit here, a little bit there. And you, Oh, well, you know, they're just so this, they're so broken. So I'm just going to go ahead and put up with it instead mm-hmm. of setting up a boundary for it. You know what I'm saying? We just, yeah. kinda, you know, we just keep giving grace and grace until like grace has become cheapened at that point. <laughs> exactly. exactly. 
Oh yeah. my word, yes. So what I would like for you to do at this point to uh, tell the audience all about what it is that you are doing uh, mm-hmm. with your mission and, and, and God's call on your life, all of that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you offer all of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, babe, I base my calling a lot on my own personal journey and my own mm-hmm. personal testimony, right? Yeah. And so I, I have a huge um, passion to help Christian single women. I also work sometimes with married women, but uh, specifically Christian single women. Okay. Um, I help them to heal from past pain and trauma. Mm-hmm. so that they can gain the confidence that they have always been seeking, right? To get rid of all of the self-hatred right. so that they can um, identify and receive that love that, that that they do deserve, that God does want for them, right? Oh, my word, yes. Yeah, so that's that's essentially what I do. And, um, uh, you know, if any of your uh, audience would like to get in contact with me, they can always reach me at here and an Instagram at Ana uh, underscore Delia underscore Barajas. And I mean, I, you, you have my information too that you can. Right. Help. Yes. Um, yes. Wow. So you help yeah. women to go through that process of getting rid of that self-hatred to being confident and receiving her love from God. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is wonderful. Uh, and so like with the coaching programs, do you do it like for one-on-one or do you work like in a group with the women? I do both. I do oh, coaching nice. sessions that are one-on-one and I also do, uh, I have a women's group as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That is, <laughs> that yeah. is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, I've got some fun questions, unless you had anything else, because I definitely don't want to miss anything else. If there's something else you wanted to tell the women before we move on. I just want to like really emphasize on really, excuse me, really finding your value and your worth on in Christ. Obviously in Christ, it's rooted in Christ and how he designed you, the design that he made you with. Mm-hmm. And that design is, is a, it's, it's really deeply rooted in your core self, the person that you truly are. Right. And a lot of the times the trauma that we endured as a child or, or abuse or just pain and relationships that we have endured covers that up and, and, and buries all of that. But that's not really who you are. The person that you are operating from fear or from hate also, or self-hatred, that's not truly who you are. No. The woman that you truly are is the woman that Jesus in, in designed you to become, to be. Amen. Which is, which is the woman that you will find at the other side of healing, at the other side of healing the, the pain, the trauma, the, the disappointment, right? Yes, and that is so when true. I, when I was... In my 20s, I, and even as a teen, I never believed that I would ever be healed or would ever be joyful or would ever mm. have healing. I never mm-hmm. thought I could have that. Wow. I, I was so skeptical. I had such little faith. Mm-hmm. And now that I have that, now that I am joyful, now that I am hopeful and I have the love that God wanted me to have within myself through him. Now I see, and I look back and I'm like, wow, it is so doable. You can heal mm-hmm. self-hatred. You, you can. can 
heal mm-hmm. the past pain and the and the abuse and the and the rape and all. You can. You can. God yes. Is the power of God. Yes. And to use doing the work. There you go. There you go. Oh my word! Isn't that true? Because a mm-hmm. lot of times we'll say, "I know I can do it," and all that's true. You can. You know, and God is going to heal me. And it's like, that's true. It's You can. And then yeah. we forget about the part, but we got to do our part. <laughs> you got to do the work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As yeah. you hold on to Jesus, you do your work and the work is not easy. Right. But you have mm-hmm. Jesus, so you can get the work done. Isn't that true? Oh, my word. <laughs> You're right. Because he, as we talked about in the beginning, he is our anchor, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, you anchored on to him in the beginning. In order to uh, free yourself, we got to do the same thing. Exactly. You know, yeah. we have got to do the same thing. And a lot of times we forget about that, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we forget yeah. about that. Oh, my word. So now for the rapid fire questions, what is your favorite kitchen gadget? Oh, the knife. <laughs> oh, you love. Okay. Do you have one that's like with a. Um, a certain name or it's just using a knife in general just any knife that that is sharp okay so you love you, you do like that real fast you know yeah, how to do that quickly. that can get me my vegetables cut so that i can just have my shake or my meal or whatever oh okay so you like to have a sharp knife i love I it yeah. oh my goodness so you like making a lot of smoothies I do. I love making smoothies. I love um, cooking clean and healthy meals just Mm -hmm. to be healthy, to keep your body going, you know? Oh, my word. Yes. That is so important. Yes. Name five songs on your playlist. Okay. I do have that. So one is Loving Me. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a a beautiful. A lot of people don't know this song because Mm. I really don't know why, but it's a... it's a song by Maclean and his wife. And it's okay. just a song that, that talks about the pursuit of Jesus uh, for you. It's, okay. It's and it's God called pursuit. Loving Me. Loving Me. And then the, the rest are going to be in Spanish. Because oh. I'm, I'm Mexican, Mexican-American. Okay. And so I listen to Spanish music. And so the sure. next one is called, it's called Tu, which means you, which is saying you, Jesus, you know, have been my, my savior. Then the next one is called El Digno Dios, which means the the worthy God, my worthy mm-hmm. God. And then the next one is called Jesucristo Basta, which means Jesus is enough. Okay. Um, and then the next one, the next one is um, Más que un anhelo, mm-hmm. which is more than more than a more than a desire, right? Mm. It's you're desiring God or Jesus more than a desire. It's you're desiring him much more than a desire. Mm-hmm. It's like a desire wow. upon a desire upon a desire. Oh, wow. I love it. Oh, my goodness. I love it. Yeah. Wow. It makes me think about this one song. I'm not sure if you heard of it. Uh, it's called More, More, More. And it's an older song now from way back in the day. But the um, the artist is Joanne Rosario. Mm, and, I heard of it, huh? Oh my god! If you look it up, I love it. It's I called think more, more, like more. It. It's called more, 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 and it's by okay. Joanne Rosario. Okay. You know, I'm and she starts singing. I need more, more, more Jesus, more of you. I need mm. so much more Jesus, more of you. You know, mm. and when I've been all used up, feel me like an empty cup. 
And mm -hmm. then she starts um, midway through the song, somewhere between middle to like three fourths of the way through the song, she starts singing it in Spanish. And oh, wow. it just takes me to such a worshipful place. It is a beautiful mm -hmm. song. But if you think about it, yeah, More, More, More by Joanne Rosario. Yeah, yeah, Joanne Rosario. Mm -hmm. But it's beautiful. Yes. A very old song, but, you know, it's very worshipful. Mm -hmm. mm. What about three books that you think you just can't live without? Okay, yeah, definitely the Bible. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Bible. Yes. It's got, it's got everything, right? It's got... You know, it's, I, I used to say when I was younger, it, it's it's so intense because it's got war, rape, sin. That's all. Oh, my goodness. Bible. Doesn't what it? The Bible is all about. It's a soap opera, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so my that, goodness. Um, then there's, yes. a, there's a, this book by a Christian psychologist called Love, which is talking about the love of God. Mm. It's just um, called Love. Love. Mm -hmm. wow. it's, it's just talking, uh, surrender to love, but love. Um, yeah. And it's just talking about surrendering to the love of God and how from surrender, we actually begin to live. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. That and sounds then the beautiful. Last, the now, last, that by? Um, here, let me check. I have it here. Sure. I don't remember. It's David Banner. So. Oh, okay. Surrender to love. love. Oh my word! Yes. Thin book. It's Wow. Okay, and then I've got. Let's see. Wait a minute. Was that two? Two books. That was two, and I was, was gonna two. say the third. The third is the Odyssey. Um, okay. I, it's a secular. It's a secular old school. Uh, school story. But the reason why I like it is because a lot of the times, um, scholars who study old books and mm -hmm. very scriptures right they will compare the bible to the odyssey and saying that that the odyssey has a lot of manuscripts but the bible has yeah. more manuscripts okay and, and so what that means mm. is that they have rewritten the odyssey over and over again and they have made so many changes to it and the story True. yeah and the story has changed over time Huh. And yet the Bible has also been copied so, so many times, mm -hmm. but the stories continue to be the same. It right. Yeah, that is so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, let's see. So what does those, what does those three questions say about you? Like those answers rather to the questions, your books, your playlist, and your kitchen gadget. What does that say about who Ana Barajas is? Yeah, I think that it says that I'm impatient, that I'm passionate, and that I'm always seeking to get to the other side with the help of God. <laughs> Amen. I love it. <laughs> oh, my word. I love it. And so before we end, I just want to know, do you have any parting words of wisdom uh, that you want to give out to the ladies here. Yeah, it, it all goes hand in hand with everything that we've been talking about, you know, just you have to do the work. You have to go into your pain mm -hmm. to actually heal the pain. There's a scripture in Isaiah 66, 9, I believe it's 60, Isaiah 66, okay. 9, 
that says the Lord is talking. He's the one saying these things. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I will not, uh, I will not cause you pain without birthing something new. Amen. We forget right? about that part, don't we? Mm-hmm. And so yep. it's going back to the pain that you are going to heal, mm-hmm. that you are going to be a new you. Yep. That you are going to become the person that God actually created you to be. But yes. like I said, you have to do the work. And it's not you doing it alone. You do it along with the help of, of the triune God, right? Amen. God. Yes. God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You are absolutely right. We're not in it alone. And we feel like a lot of times we feel like we're in it alone, but it's just our feelings, but we're not in it alone. Yeah, exactly. but you're right, though. We can uh, be our true self, the true authentic self who God created us to be. But mm-hmm. at the same and at the same time, we got to do the work to get there. We got we got to go through the pain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that's and that's a lot of the times I think that, you know, throughout scripture, that's what God is saying. He is saying, check your heart, check. The mm-hmm. heart. I want your heart. Sin is the thing that caused our hearts to go dark. Yes. And, yes. and, and, and it's in doing the work that we are being sanctified, mm-hmm. we get our hearts right with Christ, becoming more like Christ. So it's in the pain, going in the pain, healing all those things that you're actually doing what God wants you to do with your heart. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. You're right, right there in, in the pain. Like you said, you, you're dealing with all those issues so you can get to the other side to the true, to your your true self, to the true you, instead mm-hmm. of this false you that you have been living with uh, because of all of your trauma, you know? Mm-hmm. The false yeah. you that's got all of these coping mechanisms and God's like, I, I mm-hmm. want you on the other side of that, right? He wants exactly. us to Exactly. Makes oh, no right. sense. Yeah. Trying to do it on my own.
sharing all of that You took the price to give me that life And now it's never gonna fade away When I see I need more of him He whispers the sweetest of mercies upon my ears And I won't go back the way it was again, 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 and now A valley of grace where things would change I've seen the lights of So much, so much for me